0: episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I am your host, Pat Royce. We are a bi-monthly podcast, and we release two episodes every month. And if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a like and a five-star review. That helps to get the word out. And if you like what you hear, we release two more episodes every month on our Patreon. You can check us out there at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. We're also on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, you can come find us there. Uh, that out the way, I am here with my co-host, as always, Kath Barbadoro. How you doing?
1: Hi, Pat. I'm good. Uh, I'm drinking a delicious mango Lacroix today. Ooh, cool that's, a, that's an OG.
0: That's an OG Lacroix flavor. I love a, a good mango Lacroix.
1: It's good stuff. I've been yeah. I've been switching. Uh, I, I used to I used to be all about the Spindrift lemon, uh, yeah. but it's a little acidic. I feel like it was bad for my teeth. You know, uh, just yeah. like. Too much acid, yeah. so I've heard. <laughs> seltzer's not really good for your teeth either, but I feel like maybe a little less lemon juice probably better yeah. for for the old Problem. system. So, I'm what are still, you this, drinking today?
0: I, I'm drinking a 16 ounce Lone Star Tall Boy. Delightful. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, there is yeah, if if there is a drink that I have a spiritual connection with, it's specifically the Tall Boy of Lone Star <laughs> cans. Um, yeah, I bought those. I, I I bought those, and I went to the. Uh, renaissance fair the other day and that was when i I, I woke up the next day i feel like
1: everyone i'm friends with in austin was at the renaissance fair the other day yeah we went as like i saw so many great instagram pictures (laughs) i was very
0: jealous yeah we went as a big group and uh like again i'm I'm trying to be off the road and like focus like more on being in the city and as a result of traveling all the time you don't get to go do cool shit as a group like that you're always i always seem to i always seem to miss that shit because i'm always on the road so we went and it was our friend's Avery Moore and Joey Zimmerman, and then uh, their delightful spouses, uh, Jackson and Shelby, and I brought Sid with me, and Mike Wiebe, who was on the show just recently about the Bang episode, he was there with his girlfriend, or his wife, rather, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, I apologize, but it was such a cool outing, and I got, like, hammered, I was, it, was like, it was like fun, <laughs> it was like a problem, like, everything was good, but like by the end of the day, Sid wasn't drinking, we got in her jeep. And I probably made it like five minutes out of the highway and she's like, you can just go to sleep. I was like, thank God. <laughs> I was out. You and just so- reminded
1: me of um my uh my friend Alex Patak, who is another uh, oh, yeah, very funny that. comedian podcaster. Um he for his bachelor party, they went to the Renaissance fair. Um, and he was cut off because he wouldn't stop talking like a Renaissance fair king to the bartender, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they were like, "You can't drink anymore. You are oh, too drunk."
0: <laughs> damn, that's great. Cr- yeah, when you were you were too nerdy for the Rin Fair. They were like, "Hey, buddy." Yeah, give me yeah. Your, yeah. You
1: just kept calling everyone squire, and they were like, "You are too drunk. You can't
0: be. You can't be doing this." <laughs> the Rid Fair is such a wild place because, like, there's like, there's there's like the whole gamut. Obviously, it's it's definitely a, pl- a place where like. You let your freak flag fly, you know. So at, the, at sure. the red fair, there's a lot of like very like, you know, gender fluid people. There's a lot of like you know that that segment of the scene, but there's also like the guy at the at the arrow shop who like might be part of the Aryan Nation. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a real mix. It's a real you get a mix. lot of different weird subcultures coming together.
0: Very much From so. across I, of the, the dumb,
1: political spectrum.
0: Yeah, one of my dumb drunk lines, I kept saying all day, I was like, this strange land hath many genders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very uh, true.
0: My, my, yeah, the other fun move was, uh, also, if I give anybody a word of advice, uh, if you're going to meet up with friends, have them drop a pin or a location, because you don't want to ask anybody directions to anything because you don't know if it's going to spiral out into like a thing <laughs> where it's yeah. like hey it might where's... be part of a bit yeah where's the tavern thing and i are like oh where doth the traveler want to go and you're like, i just need directions man i'm, I'm just not... trying to
1: find my friend man yeah i just got
0: here <laughs> catch me in fucking five horns of mead and i might be down for this right <laughs> yeah that yeah, no, was a fun fun outing and uh, a good day all around how are, how are things on your end
1: Uh, things are good. I'm, uh, when this comes out, I will be in Mexico City, which I'm very excited about. Um, That's so tight. Yeah, I, uh, I'm super pumped. I'm going for a week. I have a bunch of really fun stuff planned. I'm going to eat so many, uh, street tacos. I can't fucking wait. Um... (laughs)
0: The Mexican army was gonna like deport you back, to, like, <laughs> the, like USA. Get your girl; she is over here eating too many street tacos. It's
1: it's gonna be wild. I, yeah. I'll keep account. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so. Speaking tight. of
1: I, speaking of other countries, that's my segue today. Ooh, here we go. How does that sound? Uh, um, bad. No, <laughs> I, I hate other countries.
0: Ooh, <laughs> let's talk about America, man. Things going on here. <laughs>
1: Uh, this is a story, this story comes to us from abroad, also from a country that I have traveled to. Ooh, um, right. This is this is a story from India. Nice. Um, yeah, not the part of India I was in, so, and there's a lot of, like, very Indian stuff in here that I, like, probably don't really know what it means, yeah. <laughs> so just to warn you.
0: Buckle up, baby. I, I, <laughs> I love how, like, India is, like, it, it's an entire, like literal subcontinent. And, like, my dumb ass, if I went to, I don't know, Hyderabad, and I had a friend in New Delhi, I would be like, hey, I'm in India. And they'd be like, yeah, we're I'm, <laughs> I'm in another part of the country. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I would, my, I'd still give my it a like, shot, though. My,
1: biggest problem with, like, dealing with any – this came up in the Cricket episode, too. It came up all the time when I was living in India. I, I, I studied abroad in India um, in college for a couple months. So I, I lived in uh, Tamil Nadu. And – this was a problem. They then this was a problem doing this story. They use a particular counting system, particularly for money, that they, it's they they use the words lock and crore, and a lock is a hundred thousand and crore is ten million. I think, but they will <laughs> use them all the time, like yeah. in like news articles and stuff with no, um like uh, they don't print the equivalency because everybody in India just knows what those mean. Yeah, yeah, And uh, they drive me crazy because I'm like, don't make me do math. I don't, (laughs) I don't like inherently know how much a lock is. And then sometimes if they're talking about like a lot of money, they will be like 25 lock crore. And I'm like, that's, I can't figure this out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just never going to know how much money that is. Is that just like a
0: a result of having like a currency that like, I don't I don't know about the value of like the Indian currency but if it gets really high it's like you know a, a standard household item might cost like fifteen thousand uh, rupees or whatever is is that I, like I a result of them having to do say like astronomical numbers on a daily basis
1: I think that's part of it um i I'm not sure how that system developed but it is and I and I also am not quite sure if those words only refer to money or not um but that would be my guess because yeah uh rupees are um I want to say they're like half a cent or something. I, they're pretty, yeah. they're they're like, yeah, a, a high number of them is needed. And yeah. that also will come up in this story. Um, this story spans a couple decades. So I'm going to be telling you about a semi-mythical, prolific Indian con artist who goes by the name Net Warlal. Have you heard of Net Warlal? No,
0: I have not. Um, I, a semi-mythical Indian con artist? I love that.
1: Yeah, he's so like he's basically like kind of a Robin Hood figure um but he but he's like modern like he died yeah. well uh, so much of his life is sort of he he's sort of like a Frank Abagnale like it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real. Yeah. Um but he he died. So the reason I'm prefacing this is because they're not quite sure when he died. He either died in 1996 or 2009. So Ooh, this that's is a not stretch. that's
0: a spread, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's... laughs>
1: so this is not someone from very long ago. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. This is like a modern uh, guy, but he still has all of these kind of myths and tall tales around him. He's like anywhere a folk between
0: hero. Space Jam and Inception. He could... <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's exactly. a pretty wide berth. Yeah, it's a
1: wide I golf. Like that um so natwarlal was born uh in uh bangra in uh Bihar. so b- basically he was born in like the northwestern part of india um natwarlal is not his given name his given name is mithilesh kumar srivastava um we'll i can talk see why about- he changed
0: it I, they, they <laughs> both sound cool as shit
1: <laughs> Na- honestly natwarlal is really hard for me to pronounce it's like yes. a lot of net war-lol. it's a lot of like mouth movements
0: yeah yeah that, yeah that's that's like <laughs> like like, like if, if you're playing guitar where it's just like it's like you got not only is it like the, all the cord hard yeah yeah you're all over the place <laughs> uh when i used to work at at&t we'd have indian customers um i would make it a point i would take one second uh to, to look at their name before i said it and then i would like and i'm pretty good with like yeah like syllables and shit like that
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: whenever you would nail it Man, like the look of like the like like they would be doing the thing, be like, oh yeah, this is uh, you know, not gonna hit a shot," and they'd be like <laughs> they would just kinda of give you the look like and it's like, oh, that doesn't happen very often. And like I would always notice in a sales environment if you just take that one second, learn it, and actually, actually give it a go, and then you nail it, like that helped out so much.
1: As someone with the last name that often trips people up, I always I always appreciate it. And I also feel some kinship with like the Subramunions of the world in that yeah. uh my name and like most Indian names that are like that they're, really self-explanatory how to pronounce they're just long and they freak people out like yeah, that's. Yeah. it's not like there's a lot of silent letters in there it's just that it's they're just it, a lot of letters and yeah so it's all like, there and that's kind of
0: the intimidating part yeah you're like oh all of you guys <laughs> showed up and you're all pulling your weight that's crazy well yeah it's like you have like a, like a long tricky name i have like a short tricky name right and yours then, and is
1: then, tricky in the opposite way yeah. where it's like <laughs> yeah, this could yeah. be pronounced in a bunch of different ways yeah i got so, little yeah.
0: sneaky letters they're just running around like, like what are you guys up to you know
1: but anyway, so this guy, he's he's from um, I think he's I think Bihar is in like West Bengal, kind of like Western, uh, Northwestern India. So, or sorry, I keep saying Western. I mean Eastern. He's from Northeastern India. Okay. Um, so his father was a railroad station master. He grew up like fairly, uh, like middle class, maybe upper middle class. Um, this was in I think he was born in like the 30s. Like he lived. No matter when he died, he lived a very long time. Um, So uh, he discovered pretty early on that he was very talented at forgery. Uh, He would um, be sent as, like, a young man. Uh, His neighbor would send him to deposit uh, stuff in the bank. And he realized that he could change what was on there and mimic the guy's signature. And he ended up stealing about a 1,000 rupees from this guy, which back in the 30s was a yeah. lot more money. Um,
0: <laughs> generational seed wealth.
1: <laughs> and uh, that was kind of the beginning of his career. Uh, he, he, he's, he got a 1,000 uh, rupees from this guy, and then uh, he just dipped to Calcutta. He was like, bye, uh, <laughs> see you later. Um, and by the time the neighbor had figured out what had happened, he was long gone.
0: Yeah. So I feel like you gotta to, get up, you gotta get a move on early in India because the trains are so crowded. Like that's if you're true. To like, and they're if slow. You're to, yeah, if you're trying to get away from somebody. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get up pretty early that morning because it mm. just seems packed.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah he he was a student for a while in Calcutta. He worked as a stockbroker. Um, he uh, had a cloth business. All of this stuff will kind of a lot of these. Things from his life will come up later in his scams. Uh, the fact that his dad uh, was a station master on the railroad, a lot of his scams involve uh, taking things from trains. Um, oh yeah. The cloth oh. business. He had some textile stuff that we'll talk about. Um, he kind of really brought a lot of these things into his scam life. Um, Go so, with what you know,
0: man. I, I appreciate that. You know, don't 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 stay in your lane. You know what you, you know. What you, know. <laughs> you know how to work that.
1: Yeah. Um, and it worked out well for him, as we'll see. Um, so the first time he was caught, uh, which I believe was in the 40s, um, maybe in the late 30s even, so he might be even older than I'm thinking. Um, he was first caught in Calcutta uh, when he ha- he used his ability to forge to basically uh, commandeer and then resell nine tons of iron that had belonged to the government. So he basically... Another thing he was very good at is... Um, impersonation like he would pretend to be somebody else again sort oh, of frank abagnale stuff that, that
0: is such like 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 when people people we do we do covered stories where people do that but like that's man that's such a, a a talent and a skill because like you have to like that's such a bold move it's like most time, like you just like you you go to that assuming it's gonna fail like you would imagine if somebody right. came up to you pretending to be somebody else you'd be like i would see right through that it's such a such a very little room for error, but when it yeah. goes, when it works out, it's just like the results are huge. You, you have yeah. to have
1: this like reserve of internal confidence that like, I yeah. can't even really imagine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he like, he poses a government official using forged documents. He, he got a hold of this nine tons of iron um, and then he sold it. They caught him for that. Um, he then, so he, he did serve some prison time for that. We're going to talk about, so all told, he uh, he ends up being charged throughout the course of his career as a criminal. Um, he's sentenced to over 113 years cumulatively, but he only ever serves 20 years. Um. Spoiler alert! It's because he loves to escape from jail, which Ah, we'll get jail. Hell
0: yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, another one of those things where it's like it's like that takes an amount of like like internal confidence, where you're just like, because once you once you make that first move, okay, now I'm out of my cell. Everything has to go right. That that this guy is daring. He is bold, and you know what? I like him.
1: Here, This is the one thing that he does, which is what he does next uh, after he gets out of jail for the iron, that I feel like does go against his sort of Robin Hood mythos. Um, he starts doing this scam where he poses as like a John and hires prostitutes. And then he drugs the prostitutes and steals their money. And, uh, oh,
0: oh, oh, yeah. Man. So
1: it's like, you're not really stealing from the rich or yeah, giving it to yeah. the poor at that point. Like, I feel like I
0: did, that was like, 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 I'm, thank you for getting that milkshake duck out of the way now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, man, boy, howdy. This guy seems real swell. And you're like, oh, yeah. He also drugs women and steals their money. I'm like, oh, it's, well, he, <laughs> he, so
1: like, he didn't kill anybody yeah. so that's good um it doesn't seem like there was any sexual motive so that's yeah. good but still not all, great Don't yeah not it.
0: great not great also it, i mean it, i would say that there is like it's not uncommon for the reversal to happen like you know sex workers sure. drug men that happened so maybe maybe it happened to him and he's like fuck it all bets are off <laughs> like yeah <I'm>, it's possible <laughs> um, I'm, com- I'm coming for you hoes literally yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> But he did he did move on from this pretty quickly. He he decided it was too dangerous, and he he stopped doing this, and he kind of went back into more straightforward theft and and heists and stuff. And yeah. uh, he started small, um, but he he would basically do what he did with the iron. He would go into the railway freight office, see what was there, um. And then he would make up fake paperwork and checks for the stuff that was that he saw in the office. So he'd sort of case the joint, and then instead of just stealing it, he would do the paperwork that said it was his. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, fuck, but that's so cool. <laughs> so
1: there's a list of stuff that he stole. That's like very funny to me. Um, he stole a harmonium. So it's a, a I believe that's a musical instrument. Um, Sounds like it.
0: It, it was seems anything, very it like was anything 1940s. else. I'd be I'd be shocked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, if that was a, some other type of device.
1: <laughs> it's like a it's like a little organ, um, okay. like a little keyboard. Uh, so he stole a harmonium, he stole a Benz engine, uh, and a box of screws worth a thousand rupees. Oof. So just yeah. like little odds and ends, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, you know that's a, that's the thing. It's it's like you know certain items get like you know glamour. Like you know, like you watch you watch Pawn Stars. They're bringing. Sure. in, oh, I, I got this cannon. I got this sword. But it's like you go to an actual pawn shop, and it's just like it's it's like little day to day items that have value. It's TVs. It's fucking PS2s. You know, you like you right? Can, yeah, it's not it's not all going to be glamorous. You know what I'm saying? You're stealing boxes. <laughs> Sometimes you steal a box of screws. That's what you got to do.
1: Well, he was. I mean, and I think this what I'm going to tell you next sort of speaks to what you're saying, that he was really an opportunist um, at heart because there was a big um, textile shortage in the 40s in India. There was a big shortage of um, cotton, basically. Um, So he uh, what he would do is he posed as a purchase officer to the textile commissioner in Bombay. Again, this is some very Indian. I don't know <laughs> what a textile commissioner is, but basically, what I'm imagining is um, this stuff because there was such a shortage was really tightly regulated. Yeah, because that, it was so in demand. Um, and this it's is like how the he
0: Indian, the Indian cabinet. is like secretary of textiles, <laughs> like secretary of non. <laughs> like yeah, they, they, have, they have very <laughs> very strange departments in the government.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so he he acted again like a government official. Um, And he was working with an associate at the time who was a guy from Gujarat who was named Netwar Lal. So this is pre him getting this name. He's working with the real Netwar Lal. And um, they would go to textile manufacturers who were really looking for cotton and uh, be like, hey, we got some cotton coming in. What's up? You know? Um, so basically, posing not only as an official but as a corrupt government official who is going oh, to I love like
0: the, the double fold back. Like, I'm not yeah. yeah I, I'm not just going to pose as a, as, a, as, a, I'm pose as a corrupt official. That is, that's what you, when you, you when people have a mind for this shit, where you're just like, dude, you. This is the field you belong in. Whether it's for the worse or for the, you know, like that's like what a cool world building. I guess you could say.
1: Well, that's like. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like uh, one. Uh, one of the like fundamental ways to sort of con somebody is you make them feel like they're getting the opportunity, yeah, you know, not yeah, that you're yeah. ex- not that they're extending any kind of credit to you. Yep. Um, They're like, I don't want to fuck this up. So I'm not going to ask too many questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, so he would pose as a government official. He would, he would be like, yo, I got the hookup. Um, he would then give them again, these railway release certificates that he forged, um, and tell them, like, hey, the cotton's going to come in at this train station, you can go get it. The people would take the false um, release certificates to the train station, there wouldn't be any cotton, you know, it's it's all fake. Yeah. Um, and then when this happened, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, even though these people were doing something illegal by trying to get this illicit cotton, they did go to the cops and uh, they got caught. But what happened was... Uh, they caught our our man, um, and they thought that he was Nitwarlal. So the other guy escaped, um, oh. and they only caught our guy, and they yeah. thought it was Nitwarlal. So that name just stuck.
0: He was like, "Yep, oh. that's me,"
1: because I don't want you to know who I really am. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'm this guy from Gujarat.
0: Hell yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's again like like the like opportunist thing. Like you're 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 spinning plates. It's it's, it's fucking jazz. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, hold on, this is dropped by my the thing. They think I'm this guy better they think i'm this guy than they think i am who i am so i'm just gonna take right. it on this dude now and i have uh, what one more little card in my pocket now i can just exactly can blend, one more oh, level dude. of
1: of deception yeah. that can protect me god
0: um, ah, this dude is incredible <laughs> he's great he's like really so
1: they've made like a couple movies about him they've made a tv show about him like he is he is well known in india um, to the point where when I was researching this, there were a bunch of articles where like one politician in India was calling another one, the net of politics. <laughs> and like, <laughs> so yeah, he is like known. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what, what an American equivalent would be. I, I Frank Abagnale is, is decent, but, but I he, feel like he there just might got, be something didn't else.
0: Frank Abagnale, one thing we, we had to go back and look at, didn't his whole shit just get debunked?
1: Yeah, 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 which we kind of talked about a little bit on yeah, episode, the episode, yeah, but like, I, like, I think it got even all this further up. destroyed. Yeah. Like his story got really taken. Yeah,
0: out. well, we 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 they they got him where like, and this is how they got that Mike Warnke guy, the Christian pastor dude, is you yeah. had this whole fucking life you made up. Well, you start comparing dates, and if you put a timeline together, it's like, okay, so all of this happened in the nine months when you dropped out of community college before you joined the Army. And it's like – it's like it's one of those things where I think he painted himself into a corner where some guy was like, hold on. The window of time that's all had to happen in was like two years, and there's no way. Or whatever the case. But yeah, that's how – Yeah, a
1: book just came out about how it's all – fucking made so, up
0: guys you're out there conducting a false narrative you need to give your backstory seven to eight years to breathe okay give it some room to
1: breathe don't yeah. be specific about dates yes um, yeah yeah so but like i mean net warlal had a documented criminal record so he was really out here doing this stuff um so that like he gets this name in the 40s during while well, he's doing this this cotton scam. Um, but then in the fifties, he fifties and sixties, he is all over the country ripping people off. He is like a known,
0: yeah, guy. So <laughs> and it, he's it, it, it's it like Bill Murray stories at this point, essentially, where it's just like, man, I was, I was at a goddamn, uh, I was buying that little powder, the color colored powder, we throw at each other, and there Warlall <laughs> showed up and he did this. Like I bet, like it's just he just like comes up in folk tales. Some of the, as you said, semi mythical.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how well-known he was at this point, like, in the 50s and 60s when this was happening, but this guy was, like, really prolific. Like, they they think he scammed, like, hundreds of people. Nice. Um, So, in the 50s and 60s, again, like, the core of his scam seems to be that he will pretend to be some kind of government official and then have people do things for him based on that. Yeah. Um, Either, like, extend him lines of credit or, um, you know, he'll say that he needs certain things for some politician that he works for or whatever. And, um, and there's very often uh, some kind of paperwork forgery involved. So I feel like this guy is like designed to thrive in this particular scam in a country with a lot of bureaucracy because his whole scam is like, I am a, faceless nameless government employee who you've never heard of and here is all my paperwork and yeah. like that works you know what i mean um yeah
0: but man like that's yeah that, that's a cra- especially when he's like yeah the more like I, I don't know a lot about indian government but i can imagine especially like post-war that it was like yeah very like they, they had like a lot you know, a lot of bureaucracy. It's a huge country and they had like all little places like it, yeah, you know, little places you can hide you know there's like this department has this guy and there's not a lot of communication between those two so much room for anonymity it, it kind of just like it's asking to be taken advantage of
1: yeah and i think like at this at this time like the the country is like gro- like it's it's sort of industrial framework is growing like yeah. there's all of this all of this growth and all of these people like kind of yeah like being put in charge of these different departments there's also I like I think this you know conning is kind of universal. I don't necessarily think I know enough about India to say that anything about this is inherently Indian but I but I do think the core of the scam like works in a big, yeah, a, a big country with a big government with a yeah. lot of different, you know, offices. And there's and like stuff. a
0: disparate, there's like an urban, uh, an urban population and like a rural population. And as mm-hmm. with rural populations and places, sometimes they're a little less, a little less red, a little less literate, maybe a little less worldly. And it's like, yeah. it just feels like there's those two like conflicting like city India and country India. And mm-hmm. it feels like you can just kind of slip between those worlds. I would imagine easier as a government uh, like, or posing as a government employee.
1: Yeah, so like here's an example of of um one of his one of his cons that he would do. So he dressed up, uh, very fancy, you know, real nice business cash, uh, yeah. crisp white shirt, like western style, uh, fancy schmancy clothes, and he said he was a guy named D. N. Tiwari, who is the personal assistant to the Union Finance Minister, um, N. D. Tiwari. So he was like, I'm dn not different um and then he went to a watch dealer in new delhi and he said uh look uh congressional parliamentary party is having an important meeting tomorrow and everybody's going to get a watch so i'm here to get all the watches for our big ceremony uh so the next day he comes back in a chauffeur driven car again the the image is right like he detail oriented like he makes sure everything passes the smell test he comes back in a chauffeured car and he tells this uh shopkeeper pack 93 watches and uh get an employee to come with me to this government building and we'll issue a bank draft for the watches like you know in exchange um so they do it they uh drive to the bank and uh the guy the uh Nutwarlaw walks into the bank, walks out with an authentic looking bank draft for 32,829 rupees and takes the watches. Um, Two days later, the bank is like, yeah, this is fake. This is a completely (sighs) fake check. So this God. guy walked confidently into a bank, yeah. and then just pulled a fake bank note out of his pocket, and then walked back into the yeah, car. Just very Ooh. funny.
0: <laughs> I wonder, like, I, I that that is an incredible story. I'm thinking about like, how long does one wait? You know what I'm saying? And just like, 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 it, it, I bet that's just like, uh, maybe I'm just like uh, like romanticizing this guy, but I feel like like the, the, the stroke of a master. He's like, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna nope. Now I'm walking back outside. Right, and like, exactly. And, and you're like, what does it matter? And he's like, it all fucking matters and it matters a lot. <laughs> like how many seconds I spend in here? And like, oh, I'm, I'm watching a genius at work. I love this guy.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, through the 50s and 60s, he was wanted in seven different Indian states under over 30 aliases. Hell um, yeah. Good numbers, his- baby.
0: Those a good numbers, stuff. <laughs> he's really. Seven he's states starting different days. Yeah. the kid's gonna go pro uh
1: one of his best known stings was kind of near his hometown uh in Bihar in the 50s so he befriends uh this guy who works at the punjab national bank um by pretending again to be a wealthy businessman like and he makes sure everything looks right and feels right um he would uh then, like, so everything is sent, like the train system in India, like a lot of stuff is being sent. Cargo is being sent by train. so he would uh like get a uh, basically like freight note to send a bag of lentils or rice uh to Calcutta from bihar where he where he lived and uh then he would get the railway receipt and change it from one to a hundred or a thousand uh, bags of lentils hell or yeah. rice. And then he would get advances from his friend at the bank on the price of a thousand or a hundred bags of rice or lentils. So he would just have one fucking bag of rice, (laughs) go into Calcutta and make all of this, all of this money from it, you know, make a hundred times the value of that. Yeah. Um, so he he got up to through his his friend at the Punjab National Bank he he amassed six hundred and fifty thousand rupees and he didn't even get caught he just was like that's enough he closed yeah. the account took out all the money and dipped and just oh, vanished
0: wow yes yeah. that's so <laughs> god damn it this, that, that's that's incredible because it's, it's like usually somebody messes up on one of the like either they their their execution is great but they're greedy or yeah. you know or or, or they, they they've you know they've got. You know, like they're 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 modest in what they do with that 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 effect. It's like it seems like he just hits all the right notes. Like, man, I am, man, I am team, nar, I'm, I'm team. It's this hard guy. to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> team Naruto. I'm like four beers <laughs> in. I'm like, I, I love narwhal. know.
1: <laughs> so. He's constantly getting put in jail and then escaping. And uh, he'd say, as long as there is one corrupt police officer, no jail can hold me. He would just, yeah, he would just (laughs) pay people off or like charm them or, you know, um, he escaped from jail nine or 10 times. Um, He, as I said, he was charged with 113 years in jail. He only spent, they think, around 20 total just still quite a bit, but yeah, given yeah. that he lived to be at least in his mid eighties, and yeah. he was wanted for like fifty years, that's not bad. And I bet, you know? yeah, I bet he
0: knew how to make jail the, the to- as as tolerable as it could be. <laughs> I, I, I just he seems resourceful, you know.
1: Here's this. You're gonna love this one. This is a fun. This is a fun yarn. Uh, <laughs> so he's in jail in 1957. Um, they've caught him. He's in jail. So he. Uh, has a uniform smuggled into his cell sort of a classic way yeah. out you know
0: it's like our he, homeboy uh trevor uh, philip morris guy that that, that yeah i love you philip morris yeah
1: philip morris yeah so uh netwarlal gets this uniform smuggled into his cell he gets the guards to open the door by giving them an attache case filled with money so he gets you know he has his his, his uh you know stuff brought in for him to the ingredients in the recipe of this jailbreak brought in to uh he's
0: just making gumbo i love just put a little seasoning in there oh i love (laughs) this dude's technique
1: (laughs) so he they he hands over an attaché case filled with money and he just pieces out in the uniform um he drives away with an accomplice who's parked outside he just walks out and uh literally so many things could have gone wrong here. His car that he was getting away in broke down, and he was like, "No problem." And he stops a hearse, and they give him a ride. He just <laughs> sweet talks his way into a hearse, yeah, <laughs> in a prison uniform.
0: Oh damn, gee, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's how is it, this is like the dumbest hearse driver? Like, you know what? Normally I don't do this, but I'm gonna go with my instincts on this one. Like, get in, like. That's,
1: and then, okay, so the final the the coup de grace here is uh so he he gets a ride into the town and he he disappears, he's in the wind again, um, and then, when the jailers open the attache case, it's full of newspaper. He didn't give them a dime, oh, he just...
0: yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love oh. I love that, and it's like, yeah, like what are you, what are you gonna do? What are you doing? He's like, oh, the guy gave me fake money. You can't say shit. You know, what yeah. like, like you, you have got bribed. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got bribed. That is so cool. That's also,
1: again, like the the advantages of posing as someone corrupt is like yeah. very
0: helpful. Yeah, or being it,
1: someone corrupt in this case, but. yeah,
0: and it it just gives you that that like yeah that that added level of, it, it also it weeds people out because it's like. If somebody who doesn't want to fuck with a corrupt politician, they're not they're gonna avoid you. You know what I'm saying? Or they're like or somebody who's like a a They're gonna be harder to
1: trick anyway. Like Yeah, they're gonna be harder to trick somebody who's
0: Yeah, you're just putting out you're putting out a honeypot. You're like, Hey, where where are all my corrupt fucking, you know, people out trying to make a buck the easy way at? And you find them and you're like, boom, all, okay, already you're on my level. Like, I, I you're not. right. Yeah, you already have a level of secrecy here. So I, I, I can manipulate you that much further, that much easier. And like, God damn, that's masterful. <laughs> it's just so well done.
1: So, um, he, like, he is active up until 96. Like, that's the last time anybody really sees him. Um. A lot of my uh, info from this uh, episode comes from an article that was written in 1987 um, when he he was arrested after about 10 years where nobody had seen him. Um, and at that time, he was doing kind of a similar scam to the watch scam, but he was doing it on jewelers. So um, he would again pose as uh, a finance minister's assistant And he would go into a jewelry store and he would say, the finance minister wants to get some jewelry for his son's wedding. And... Uh, jewelry at an Indian wedding is like that's a lot of gold, especially yeah, if it's a yeah. really rich person. They're given they're given a lot of gold to their son on their wedding yeah. day. So I feel like every
0: culture on earth except for ours does weddings cool as shit, and we just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we talked about that before. We we did somehow manage to fuck like just like screw the pooch on that one. Like everybody else is as fun as yeah. Shit. We got yeah. like
1: mason jars in a barn, and everybody yeah. else is doing
0: fucking <laughs> awesome shit. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, so he would pick out all these all these gold necklaces, take the shop owner to a to uh, a bank in his car, and then you know pretty much the same scam. So that's what he got caught doing in in the late eighties. Um, throughout all of this time, particularly kind of at the later end of his his criminal career, there are all of these other apocryphal stories that. It, you'll see all of these if you if you Google search him. Um, I can't find any truth to any of them or any like specific yeah. names, but they're pretty fun. Um, like a a really famous one is that he sold the Taj Mahal to a bunch of foreigners. So I've he heard was... of that. Okay, yeah. So I... he would. The idea is he would do the scam where he would. It would be somebody foreign, so they wouldn't really understand that yeah. like you can't do that. Kind of again playing on the ignorance of other people about like yeah. india you know in the same as like you're dealing with a corrupt person that's somebody who's going to cut corners uh a, a kind of ignorant foreigner that's like a very easy person to manipulate because uh, yeah. they're you know not having a lot of forethought like that kind of stuff um yeah so he allegedly did it at least three times um to different different foreigners he also sold the parliament house uh to a foreigner (laughs) at some point again i can't find any actual evidence for any of this happening but like it speaks to this larger than life kind of
0: story yeah so we've talked about um the 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 one final one final light sheet and steel uh like bible sheet from when we first started Mm -hmm. where i where i pitched it to ethan and donna and i wrote down all these like potential scams i I will I think the guy who sold the Taj Mahal to tourists is on that paper and I did it's not know that very was very likely.
1: Yeah, it's this guy. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, so there's there's all these stories about him like that. Um it which again sort of speaks to this like myth about him as like a Robin Hood figure. So he is like beloved in his native village. Like yeah. people will not hear anything bad about him. Yeah. There are quotes <laughs> from this article um where uh somebody said quote he did not commit violence he's not harmed anyone he robbed only the rich he was a twisted genius uh there are all these stories of him like coming back into town and everybody being like dude he's
0: back (laughs) like (laughs) yes he would he would throw like big
1: feasts for everybody he there's a story about him having like a big party in the village And giving a hundred rupees to every like poor villager that he saw during the—that's
0: so fucking cool, man. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like just be that dude. I I, we've talked about this before, but like cool crimes only, man. (laughs) Just just do (laughs) if you're gonna do crimes, make them cool. Be cool about it.
1: So, yeah, like people, he's sort of a folk hero. Um, I found an article from 2011. I don't know if it ever actually happened. But in 2011, there was a plan to erect a statue of him in his hometown. And the cops were like, don't do that. He's (laughs) a (laughs) criminal.
0: oh man I would love if a guy came to town and was like hey guys I'm gonna I'm gonna build you a sta- a statue of uh, your, your favorite local narwhal and then like and then that guy turned out to be a scam artist like yeah. that would be <laughs> that would be brilliant I would love for that
1: yeah. <laughs> that would be beautiful um yeah so uh so the last time anybody saw him was in 1996 when he was 84 years old so yeah he was born earlier than I than I said um So he was 84 and 96, and he had been arrested again um, for crimes. And people kind of felt like he was maybe slipping in old age. He wasn't. He was getting a little clumsy. Um, But despite being in a wheelchair, he escaped again. Uh, He escaped. (laughs) He got out, and uh, that was the last time anybody (laughs) saw him. Was in in 1996 in the summer of 96 um he so at the time people think he died because at the time that he escaped he was being brought from jail to uh, a hospital for treatment he was not well um but he peaced out and nobody ever saw him again um his daughter he had a daughter who said that he died in 1996 but then his lawyer said he died in
0: 2009 so whoa yeah that's a um, lot that's like that's like that's a that's a long time period too man yeah that's crazy. Yeah. If, if a dude escapes in a wheelchair, like man, y'all, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, oh, make make the prison handicap accessible." And I fought it for years, you know, like, and, it, and I put all those fucking ramps in. What happens the next day? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you know, you know, that, man, that, yeah. That's man, that's rad.
1: So that's also, that's pretty much the story of Netwarlal. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff I'm missing because he had like a storied career as yeah. uh, as a criminal. But yeah, he's sort of a like people have like a fondness for him. Um, as I said, there's there's a couple movies based yeah. on him, and I, I think a TV show as well um, in India. So he's sort of a yeah, like kind of a Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, at least a like kind of a chaotic good type yeah.
0: Of guy. Yeah, I, I think humanity like loves that character. Like you know, what I'm saying like like throughout totally. history, we yeah we like you know we have uh, like like an American of like our Billy the Kid. You know, what I'm saying where it's just like he was a little scamp. He got out of places and he was like go to always, town to
1: town doing hustles. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was we known love as it. being
0: beloved by the people. And I you know I, I think that that is that is probably one of those noble deaths you can have. Man, It's just be known <laughs> as that guy. You're the dude that, that swindled rich people, gave back to his boys. I can imagine, like, really no higher praise. So that guy fucking rules.
1: Leave the prostitutes alone, but it yeah, sounds yeah. like he. It sounds like he learned his lesson early. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, good guy club for sure. Good for Yeah, him. for sure.
0: I would imagine if you're making a living like you know like off hustling people and like like that, that it would feel like um, like not only a step down, but it would feel like doing grunt work again if you had to like physically harm people.
1: Yeah, it, it would feel. And like it, he, it sounds like totally nonviolent. His yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. sound like he ever like ever physically harmed anybody yeah
0: i could just see that just being like like if you're like man i swindle railroad commissioners i like i'm, I'm out here lugging gun unconscious sex worker like, like i don't want to do this you know like, that's the
1: thing I, is like i you know what this is because people talk about like white collar crime as like uh uh, you know, like sort of paperwork, nonviolent. What I no, was doing was blue collar crime. It's like yeah. an honest day's work of crime. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. You're in the middle. You're you're manipulating the bureaucracy. Yeah. The, like the mid level stuff. That is yeah, that is yeah. your work a day, honest living crime.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's so much going back and forth from you know, like like flying in between these offices into outboxes and inboxes and stuff. But you just get a little <laughs> get a little taste. You get a little dabble in there. Yeah, hurt nobody. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it, man. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for putting that story together for us. Um, I do. You have anything coming up? You want to tell anybody about?
1: Um, uh, I'm gonna be in Mexico City. Fuck y'all. Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man. I got nothing to add. I'll be at uh the South Austin Comedy Show. On uh, the 23rd, it's ran by Brian Gar, who's like a fucking legendary Austin guy who I love a lot. And I'll also be at Shit's Golden, 11th anniversary of Shit's Golden uh, on the 1st of May at Spider House Ballroom. So. Come check us out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, we do two episodes a month uh, for free. And if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a like and a five-star review. That really helps get the word out. Also, if you like what you heard you want more content, we do have our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. You can sign up there. Follow us on all the social medias. Get access to the Discord. It's a good time. Uh, That being said, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to see you out there. Be smart. Be safe. But above all, don't get caught.
1: Don't get caught. See you next time.